Well, welcome to the house of the Lord, everybody. I want to take this opportunity to welcome everybody here on campus and those joining us on Facebook Live and live stream. We are so glad that you've chosen to join us tonight. I know that the service will be a blessing to you. I'm going to ask everybody to stand tonight. I'd like to just start the evening with prayer. And uh, I just believe that gives us an opportunity to kind of focus and, and enter into the presence of the Lord. And then also just pray His covering over everything that is done and said here tonight. So let's do that. Let's welcome the presence of the Lord through prayer and thanksgiving. Jesus, we enter into your courts with thanksgiving, into your gates with praise tonight. Thank you for bringing us here to this place. How awesome it is to come and gather here in the middle of the week with our church family in your presence, Lord. And so tonight, God, we just bring our minds, our thoughts, our emotions together in focus and, and focus on you. And Lord, we want everything that's done to be anointed. We want everything that's done to be uh, sanctioned by you. I pray that you would speak to us through your word. Speak to us through the man of God. And Lord, when we leave tonight, we will say, surely we have been in the presence of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, would you just clap your hands? Would you lift your voice? Would you give God a shout of triumph? He's doing great things. Lord, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your house. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Such great, great services we've had of late. God is moving. God is working. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do here tonight in this place. Before we move forward, let me just remind you of a few things that are coming up. You're going to want to make note of, make sure you have on your calendar. This Saturday is Ranch Day at the Boys Ranch in LaRanger. And I want to just uh, remind you of that, make a note of that. You'll have a great time if you're able to go and take your family. Always, always good to go and be a blessing to the boys' ranch. And uh, they, in turn, are a blessing to us when we attend. Don't forget that this Sunday we are having a blood drive here at the church. You can sign up at Grand Central to be a part of that. We want you to support this great, this great way to be a blessing to others. And then don't forget, please mark your calendar for October the 30th. So not this coming Saturday, but the next is family night outside from 4 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the evening. We're looking forward to this. I looked ahead. You know, the, the, the weather prediction, uh, we know what that's all about. But I did look ahead, and it looks like that weekend, as of now, should be pretty good in terms of weather. So we want to just come out, enjoy good weather good fellowship, good food. We're going to have a great time. So please come and be a part of that with your family. And then finally, last announcement, mark your calendars for Sunday, November the 7th. We will be honoring all of our veterans in that service. So please, please make a note of that. Always a great time here at Grace Church on that Sunday to honor our veterans. You got all that? Everybody okay? All right. Are you, are you ready to have some church tonight? Amen. Well, one more time, clap your hands as pastor comes to the pulpit in Jesus. Well, good evening, everybody. Great to see you tonight, and uh, thank you for joining us uh, on campus tonight for what is going to be an amazing Wednesday night church service. And uh, I believe we're in store for something uh, great from the Lord tonight, and uh, we're looking forward to what God is going to do. Um, we're certainly thankful for such a 
powerful, powerful service this past weekend. Uh, this past Sunday, God moved in a, a special way, and I still feel like my cup is full and running over. And I'm thankful for what God is doing here at Grace Church and uh, touching the lives of people, ministering to the lives of people. And I'm very excited about that. And I want to encourage you to come back this coming Sunday with your hearts wide open, your minds wide open, uh, to let God have his way. Thank the Lord. Everybody say, I will. Thank the Lord, and I appreciate that, and I know you will. Thank the Lord. Well, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time in honor of the man of God that's with us tonight. We're glad to have Brother and Sister Moreno with us and uh, their family. Uh, it's unusual to have the missionary family with us, and I understand, uh, totally understand, but it is sure a blessing when they all come. And uh, we're blessed to have them with us tonight. Heard great things about them. They were uh, missionaries in Greece, uh, excuse me, Turkey. And now they're better missionaries in Greece and uh, doing a phenomenal job. And I'm very thankful and privileged to have them with us. Uh, he's going to make some comments to you, uh, perhaps about their table out in the front, which most of you have probably already seen, and uh, other things that they're doing that they will... Uh, need finances for what have you open your heart to that tonight and uh, let the Lord minister to you in that way but aside from that I'm going to ask you to open your heart to the word of God to the man of God tonight and uh, let him teach preach whatever he feels to do we want to let the Lord have his way that's our objective in being here and if God has his way then we will be all right tonight amen amen thank the Lord brother Moreno come minister to us tonight let the Lord have his way, and we're glad you folks are here. Thank you, Brother Thank you. Praise God. We are so excited and happy to be here tonight here in central Louisiana. We thank you for this wonderful privilege and opportunity. Pastor Murphy, Sister Murphy, thank you for your kindness and welcoming us to your church. I want to first introduce my family. You may be seated. I have my youngest one, Judah. He's probably back there somewhere. He is three years old. My son Judah was born in the country of Greece. And then I have my seven-year-old daughter, Naomi. She is right here. And my 11-year-old daughter, Esther. And they're going to sing a song tonight in English and in Greek. So worship the Lord with them as they sing here tonight.
go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you with you is with you in the morning in the evening in your growing in your growing in your reaping and rejoicing he's for you he is for you Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I glorify you and I exalt you, Jesus. You are worthy, God. Thank you for going with us and thank you for being for us, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I want to thank you for allowing us to be here tonight. Thank you for welcoming my family and I. You may be seated. There are so many things that I can share with you on what God has done and what God is doing in our lives and in the country of Greece. The testimonies is endless. And truly, God has really been good to me. Has God been good to you? I know that God has done so many things. And if I begin to share all the things that God has done, we would be here all night. But I don't want to do that to you. I'll just share one thing. What I want to share with you is a way or one of the ways that you can help us reach the country of Greece. You see, we have a project that we're working on. And this is our language project. Our language project allows us to take courses to learn the language of the country. And in Greece, they speak Greek. And truly... It's all Greek to me. My husband has had the opportunity to learn the language, and he's done very well. But I have a long ways to go. And so we have this project that we're working on, and we have $4,000 left to complete the project. And I ask you to be a part of it with us. You can purchase one of our courses for $1,400. Or you can purchase one of our classes for $100. I have a table set up out there. All the items on that table are for sale. And it helps us to reach the country of Greece. But on that table is a little jar. And anything that God puts on your heart to give would be a great blessing for us to learn this language. You see, we read something. And this person said, 
that if you speak my language, you speak to my heart. My husband and I and our children, we want to speak to the hearts of these Greek people and win this nation. Not too long ago before we came to back to the States, my husband had the chance to give a Bible study. And they asked, can somebody give this lady a Bible study? She only knew two languages. The first language she knew was Greek. The second language she knew was German. My husband said, I will try my best and I will give her a Bible study. He taught her about the oneness of God and the importance of being baptized in Jesus' name. After that Bible study was done, a week later we received the phone call that this lady saw the revelation and she wanted to be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. We give God all the honor and all the glory for this. And we know that it was a great opportunity for us to be able to give this Bible study to her. If my husband did not know the language, we would not have this chance. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Help us reach Greece. If you could please get that video ready and go ahead and show it. And while they're getting that ready, uh, Pastor has also mentioned, I'm sure you're very familiar with the opportunities to give through the online. And uh, also my wife, my daughter, they were singing that song. And uh, just so you know, I am so grateful to have my family with me. It is truly a blessing. And my wife is truly my better half. <laughs> and uh, we just had a marathon run. We went to General Conference. We flew to California. We flew back. And so there, she was a little bit miscombobulated, but I'm thankful for my, my daughters. They sang the English part, uh, but you'll hear a little bit more about Greek later. If you can go ahead and show that video, and please enjoy this video. Yet steeped in false religion and tradition. It's time for a great apostolic awakening. This past term, we have seen God do many great things. We have seen many people filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, and many lives changed by the power of God. One of my greatest memories is of this man who was baptized in Jesus' name, and when he came up out of that water, he began to lift his hands and dance because he knew that the power of God broke every chain. Yet we have also faced challenges. We faced severe government regulations during the middle of the COVID pandemic. We had a text to leave our houses at one point, even to go to the grocery store. And if you broke that, you would be faced with a severe fine of the equivalent of two weeks pay. The churches were closed and we were faced with heavy fines if we gathered in even a longer church closure. And in the midst of this, right at the beginning, we were notified that our church was gonna be going up for auction. In spite of these things, we are crazy enough to believe that God will give us our building. The members in us have sacrificially given and God has blessed, and we have been approved for a project, Memorial to Global Missions, and many have given. We still have more to go, but we believe that God is gonna do it. And we are believing for the greatest outpouring of souls this country has ever seen. I'm crazy enough to believe. I believe. I believe. 
are you placing it? I am so glad that you came here tonight. We, we need the house of the Lord. We need the fellowship of the saints. I know this past year and a half has been crazy, but I want to encourage you tonight. You are not in it alone. It was the whole world we've had to endure. But I know that God has seen us through, and despite everything that happens in this world, aren't you glad that we have a God that is steadfast, unmovable? He's our anchor. I'm going to read two verses to you here tonight from the book of Acts, book of Acts chapter 26, verses 24 and 25. The Bible says, and as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. But he said, Paul said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. And so, church, in this bit of a text that I read to you, these two verses, in the background to this scripture, the Apostle Paul had just returned home from his third missionary journey. And I have a lot of interest in the paths of the Apostle Paul because we have had the opportunity to walk in the footsteps of the Apostle Paul. When we first went to the mission field, we lived in a city called Antioch. Have you ever heard of that town? In the book of Acts, that was the place where we were first called Christians. Now it is a part of Turkey, and it is about 12 miles north of the border of Syria. And then the Lord moved us to the country of Greece. And so Paul was returning home from his third missionary journey, and he had been warned multiple times by the Spirit of God, and specifically prophecy of the suffering and the imprisonment that awaited him in Jerusalem. However, he went forward believing that it was God's will for him to go. And he went, and he got there, and he had submitted to the advice of the Apostle James and the elders there, and had joined four others in a vow of purification, basically to clear his name of the false charges that were against him. And he's there in the temple. As those seven days of purification are almost over, and some Jews see him, and they recognize him, and they begin to yell, and they begin to cause a mob and a scene with all their false accusations. He was saved by the chief captain of the Romans, but ultimately his life was spared by God. And so he was taken, and he was taken to a place called Caesarea Maritima to appear before the governor of that area named Felix. And they had kept him bound for two years. During these two years, he had even appealed his case before Caesar, the emperor of all the Roman Empire. And during this time, this man had been replaced by another man, Festus. And so he has now the opportunity to speak because King Agrippa, a neighboring ruler, and his sister Bernice come possibly to congratulate Festus on his new role. And Paul is released for a time before them. He's given an audience. He's given an opportunity to speak. And he begins to share with them his story. He begins to share with them his testimony. And I want you to know here today that from the greatest to the least, 
Every single one of us have a testimony. We have a story of God's grace in our life. And don't you ever think that it is insignificant. Don't you ever think that it is unimportant. Because it is powerful, the things that God has done in your life. And you don't realize it here tonight, but there are people in this world that have went through the same circumstances and the same hurts that you have went through. And there may be people in this church that, that they haven't went what you went through, but you can minister and relate to other people because of your common experiences. And so the Apostle Paul begins to share with him his testimony, how he had been a persecutor of the church, how he had hated the church, and how he had even been on the road to Damascus to further persecute the church. And as he was, he was knocked to the, to the ground, and there was a bright light, and he was blinded, and he called out, Who art thou, Lord? And the voice, voice returned, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Immediately he realized that Jesus was the very God he was fighting against. And he decided from that point forward he would dedicate his life to the cause of Christ. And then he tells them how Jesus had risen from the dead. Now this was, this was a new thing to them. Of course, we, we've all, we're in the Bible Belt and many people know about Christ and Easter. But to them, the news of a man rising from the dead was too much because now this man, Festus, says in a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning doth make thee mad. Now, I, one of the neat things about being a missionary in Greece is you get to learn Greek. Now, modern Greek, which is the Greek that is spoken, the Greek that people speak in the country, there's about a 70% correlation with the biblical Greek, the koine or the kini elenika, as we say it in Greek. And so that many of the words that we use in conversation are some of the same exact words that they translated the New Testament. What The New Testament was written in the Greek when they translated it into the English. And so it is very neat and interesting. Well, when Paul said, when they told Paul, thou art beside thyself, it actually comes from one Greek word which is menomen, and that means, it, it means basically to be mad or to be crazy, uh, to not be in your right mind. And so from that phrase, it comes from just one Greek verb. And when they said, Paul, much learning doth make thee mad. That word mad, it comes from the Greek word mania, and that word mania is the root actually from which the word menomen comes, again referring to madness our craziness in your mind. Now, you, you don't realize it, but you know more Greek than you give yourself credit for tonight. Because that word mania may not sound familiar, but that's the word where we get maniac from. Maniac, is the, it comes from the Greek word mania. And so, have any of you in the church tonight ever heard of a kleptomaniac? Well... The word clevo is a Greek word that means to steal. And you put it together with manis, uh, uh, mania or kleptomanis. It is a thief. A kleptis to this day is a thief. A kleptomanis is a kleptomaniac. And so you didn't even realize it, but you know a little bit of Greek. Have you ever heard of the word pyromaniac? 
They're crazy, and they like to start fires for no apparent reason. Well, pedos is the ancient Greek word for fire. And again, you put fire together with maniac, and it's a pyromaniac. And so that's the, your Greek lesson for tonight. <laughs> and so Paul responded, I'm not crazy. He said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and soberness. I haven't lost my mind. I don't have mental illness. But Paul said, I know what I have experienced. But church, I want to ask you the question. Could it be that the Apostle Paul was just a little bit crazy? Not crazy like you might think. But I've come to tell you tonight that the Apostle Paul was crazy enough to believe that the same God that had delivered him, the same God that had caused him to change his life around, that was the same God that could change a life anywhere. And he had a bold passion and a crazy faith that took him to the uttermost parts of the world at that known time. And I want to tell you tonight that I'm still crazy enough to believe that this gospel works even to the uttermost parts of the world. Do you believe it here today? Do you believe that God can and God will? That God helps power to change the most hardest of hearts? And so we've come tonight. Uh, you don't have to call us great. You don't have to call us super spiritual or well connected or any of that. If you want, you can just call us crazy. We were a young couple in our 20s. Uh, Esther, my oldest daughter, who we appreciate so much, and my, I, I'll tell you tonight, it's not always easy traveling, but my family are troopers, and I wouldn't trade them for anyone else in the whole entire world, but she was only one years old when we went to Turkey, and uh, I, I guarantee you, there is people that said, you're crazy. We were, I, I said, we were 12 miles north of the border of Syria, and it was in the midst of the full-blown civil war, but we went there, and we went there with faith. We were crazy enough to believe that this apostolic message holds power. And not just in America. But I tell you tonight, I've witnessed people receive the Holy Ghost that had no precedent. They had never heard of it. They had never heard of someone speaking in tongues. And when I've seen them receive the Holy Ghost, it's just one more confirmation in my mind that it's real. That God's power is real. And I've come to tell you tonight, if you're doubting it, you better, you just better believe that God is real. And the Holy Ghost is real. The world thinks that our dedication, I'm thankful for these young people. And I know the world you're living in. And it's not the world that was even 50 years ago. But the world thinks that your dedication and your commitment to God and this apostolic lifestyle is crazy. They make, make, may make fun of you. They may mock you. But they will not always understand you. And guess what? They never have. Even on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says another's mocking said, these men are full of new wine. In other words, they are crazy. And they may call us crazy, but you can call me crazy if you want to. I am crazy enough to believe that God will honor my lifestyle, that God will honor my commitment to him. Is there a young person with crazy faith that would believe that, God, you can use me, that you will honor the stands that I take to serve God in this sinful world?
you look at Paul's boldness for the gospel, that boldness took him through places that a lot of, many of those places in modern day Greece, places such as Macedonia, which is the northern part of Greece, and then Thessaloniki, uh, we say it Thessalonica in the English, uh, Philippi, and Berea, and we live in Athens, and your pastor's been there some years ago. I, did you go to Mars Hill? Imagine you did. Well, the church that we pastor is just about three miles away from Mars Hill. Corinth, and Patmos, and Crete, and all these all these biblical places that are there in Greece, and many of them Paul went to. What drove him to, to go those to these places and to this new land? It was a crazy faith that, God, you changed me. And if you can change me, you can change anybody. There's some people here today that you had a horrible past. But I hope you understand the same God that changed you. He can change anybody. God, help us to believe, to be crazy. Crazy enough to believe that you can do it. I am crazy enough to believe for apostolic revival. Every service that we have, it's not just a gathering, but it's an opportunity for a lost soul to the, come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We had went to the old city of Sparta. Now it still exists. You've heard of the Spartans? Well, that same city exists to this very day. Over 2,000 years old, and you can see the old ruins there just outside the modern-day city. And, and so we went there. There's actually a church there. Now, of course, nowhere near as beautiful as the building that you're blessed to worship God in. It was a house church. And, and so they worshiped God in their house, and they were there in the living room. And we went there with our family. And that Sunday night, uh, we had service there and pre just preached a 15-minute message on faith and there was six people that needed the Holy Ghost that night and after the after I preached we didn't basically the altar was just stand up from the couch you're sitting on they all stood up and we lined them up one by one and I'll tell you my family is a witness that it was like popcorn as God filled Every single one of them with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you tonight, it was 100% that got it. And I believe that God can do the same tonight in this church. If you need the Holy Ghost, the Lord God is here to fill you. There's not a shadow of doubt in my mind, but that God can and God will tonight. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God loves you that much? That no matter what you're going through tonight, that God can lift you up out of your pit of misery? That God can pour his joy into your life? I believe it without a shadow of a doubt. I'm crazy enough to believe for Holy Ghost outpouring. We had went to the city of Jerusalem, and uh, we were there, and my friend, one of the pastors there, he had asked to to preach and so I preached there at the church in Jerusalem what a wonderful experience in Jerusalem the church is way up high and so from that skyscraper you can see the whole city and after I preached there was a lady that came down or she prayed and she was a worker from the American embassy there in Jerusalem and God filled her with the gift of the Holy Ghost we my wife was asked to speak at a ladies conference in Copenhagen, Denmark. Now, it's a place that is 
physically cold as well as spiritually cold, humanistic and not very religious. And she had went there to this small group of ladies and uh, she reported to me afterwards that God moved and God, God filled the lady with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you tonight that God, the same God that can do it in Athens, the same God that can do it in Greece, the same God that can do it in Jerusalem, or Copenhagen, Denmark, I'm telling you tonight, he's here. God is not a respecter of persons. And I'm crazy enough to believe that God can and God will. Is there somebody with faith here tonight that says, hey, it might be a Wednesday night, but God still has all power no matter what day of the week it is. Do you really believe that God can do the impossible? I, we have to come to church with expectancy. Every service when we come to the house of the Lord, don't waste one opportunity and just come. I know your bodies are, your weir, our bodies are weary. I know you've been working or you've been going to school. My, I'll tell you, I had a friend, we just left California. One of my good friends, he gave me orders. He said, you need to rest. <laughs> Because sometimes, I, I, I actually sometimes bite off more than I could chew. And I know what it is. You know, we, we worked, my wife and I, um, right before, until we went to the mission field, we worked in the hospital. And, and we worked, worked and worked, and we did the work of God, and we were faithful. But I'm telling you here tonight, your body might be weary, but let not your faith be weary. Let me tell you here tonight that God, he's still powerful and he's still mighty. You might be sitting in the house of the Lord tonight with sickness in your body. But can you have faith that God can heal you, that God can do a miracle in your body tonight? I'm crazy enough to believe that God can reach through the most hardened Hardened of hearts, we had a 99-year-old Greek lady, 99 years old, and this lady, one of the ladies at the church had been working for her as a caretaker, and she had witnessed to her, and this 99-year-old lady finally responded by faith, and so she wanted to get baptized, except she was frail, and she was a little bit reluctant to climb into our baptistry and so I said that's all right we'll take care of that so we arranged to go to her apartment there in the city and we were there with my family and a couple of the sisters from the church as we filled up her bathtub and this 99 year old lady was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ 99 years of sin washed away in the blood of Jesus Christ there was a lady Actually, it started with the boy that came to our VBS, and uh, this boy came, and he, he felt the love of God, and we didn't know till later. We found out that his father had died in a tragic car accident, uh, and so you're telling me before that Brother Strickland spared you from those crazy drivers. He really did, but this man, the, the motorcycles there drive like crazy. There's no rules. They drive on the sidewalk. You, you even have to watch out. They might be driving the wrong way on a one-way street, and so... In the midst of that, and the crazy thing is that there's not as many accidents as you would think. I guess they just, it's organized chaos at times. But this man, he had died in a tragic motorcycle accident. And so his young boy came to our VBS. We didn't, I didn't know the situation. One of the young boys that goes to school with them, they had invited him. He came, and he kept coming. And God filled him with the Holy Ghost at the VBS. And he continued to come as he felt the love of Jesus Christ. 
You know, I, I know we love anointed preaching, and I know we love anointed singing, but you may not be able to preach a sermon or sing a song, but can you show somebody love? There might be somebody that it may not be by the powerful preaching. It may not be by the anointed worship, but it be, might be by the smile you show them or the love that you show them when they come into the house of the Lord. This young boy came not so much by, by preaching, not so much by our singing, but by the love he felt there. And he kept coming. And so his mother came, or his sister came first, and she got the Holy Ghost. And then his mom came, and she continued to come, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And they were all baptized in the name of Jesus. And they are faithful members of our church to this very day. I'll tell you, there's not a service that goes by. My wife's a witness that this sister does not have a smile upon her face. Why? Because in the midst of tragedy, she was crazy enough to believe that God still had a plan for her life. I'm so thankful you may have tasted a tragedy in your life, but don't think God's plan is over. It's just begun. Are you crazy enough to believe that there's greater days ahead and God's plan is not done in your life? I know without a shadow of a doubt that God can heal and God can deliver. How do you know? I've seen it. Are you so great? No. I just happen to be a witness that the, of some of the great things that God has done. That's the wonder of it all, as I said. It's not that I'm so great, but it's that God looks for somebody that has faith. Now, hear me tonight. It's not just faith. People say, well, faith, but faith with consecration. People say, well, I want to have faith. I don't want to pray. I don't want to do nothing, but I just want it to fall in my lap. But you look at somebody that has faith, and they have a consecrated life behind that faith. And I'm telling you, the devil can't stop them. Because not only do they believe, but they're willing to put in the effort behind that belief, and they're willing to pay the price in consecration. We had a lady that had come to the church there in Athens, and uh, this lady was in a bad situation, both physically and spiritually. First of all, she came to the church and she had active tuberculosis. If you're familiar with that disease, it is very contagious. However, she had come with active tuberculosis pre-COVID, pre, you know, now we're, we've all become accustomed with contagious diseases and, and we've, churches have put in protocols well, I didn't have any of that. I was like, what do I do? This lady come and the ushers tell me she's been coughing during the service. And I'm thinking sputum with TB. And I, we don't have fire martial laws there, so we pack them in like sardines. And, and so not only that, but during the altar call, she manifested and this lady had demonic spirits. And so I have a very interesting situation on my hand. I got to talking to her and figured out, I found out that she had TB, and also that this lady had consulted a type of wizard uh, in order to cure her of her disease with his magic, and he could not. And, of course, you open up a door to the devil, you play with fire, you're going to get burnt. And so she had come to our church in this state both physically and spiritually. But I want you to know that she didn't stop coming, and God delivered her. And she was healed. The day came when she reported to me that she was 100% healthy and she had been medically cleared. 
I, I had the opportunity to pray with her, had my hand upon her head when God filled her with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. But it gets better. She brought her husband to the church. They were a younger couple. And, and, and he came. And it wasn't long after that that he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And he was baptized in Jesus' name. And I want you to know that they have not stopped coming. They are faithful members to this very day. That's the power of God. Not just to save somebody, but to keep somebody. You better believe you today. You might be struggling, but God's power is enough to keep you. It was enough to save you, but it's enough to sustain you even through the storms of life. Then this young couple, we had a strict lockdown. I mentioned it on the video. In that lockdown, it was so strict that basically we, we couldn't even go out of our house. We had to text the government just to buy groceries, and they would respond and say, you can move. And they had police checkpoints throughout the city, and they would fine you basically the equivalent of two weeks' pay if you did not comply with their orders. And, and so we were dealing with all of this. And uh, in the midst of that, in the lockdown, we got great news that she was pregnant. And so what turned out to be a time of joy, the devil tried to put a wet blanket on it because the doctor told her that she had little to no chances of having that baby survive. And he just straight out advised her. He says, I, I'm telling you, you, you should abort that baby. But church, I want you to hear tonight. I'm not telling you about a 20-year-old member. I'm not telling you about one of the old elders or pillars of the church. I'm telling you about a new convert, a brand new baby. She said, no, I will not abort this baby. She believed that the same God that healed her, that delivered her, could keep his hand of protection upon that baby. And we were still on lockdown when we got the news that she had given birth to a hundred percent healthy baby a miracle and not only that she named that baby blessing in order to give thanks to the God that had been so good to her I'm crazy enough to believe you tonight that God's not done that God's still doing miracles that God is omnipotent that God can do absolutely anything the utter impossible do you believe in here today? Could you clap your hands to God with faith? Can you praise the Lord if God's ever done something great in your life? God is so good. Here tonight, I don't know all of everyone's spiritual state. There might be everyone that's filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, and there might be just one that's not, but when you finish your search for satisfaction, for fulfillment, for love, when you have tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. I know it sounds crazy to the world, but God is looking for somebody crazy enough to believe. I'm not, pre I'm, 
I'm not just talking about to people that have everything together, but I'm talking to people that may be facing an impossibility or somebody that your life may seem torn apart in a million pieces. And I'm not telling you to be perfect enough. I'm telling you tonight to be crazy enough to believe that God can move in spite of your circumstances. Do you believe it? Do you believe that God can and God will? God wants you to believe it here tonight. There are people that have come in the midst of churches like this, and they thought we were crazy. My mother, now I was telling Pastor Murphy before service that on my father's side, I'm sixth generation, one God, Jesus name, apostolic. And, and so I thank God for that, for that heritage. In fact, my great-grandmother, can't tell you what it meant to me, but I remember, or my, actually my grandmother, when the first time I ever preached, it was like a couple... Preached out of my local church a couple hours away for her. It was a longer drive. Her and my grandpa drove all the way just to support me and just to be there. And I can't tell you how much that has meant to me. But on my mother's side, she didn't grow up in this. And the first time my mom came to a church like this, a Pentecostal church, she thought they were crazy. She looked around what is this? You know, now this is 30-some years ago. Now people are more acquainted with Pentecost. But even back then, it, it wasn't as common. And, and she thought they were crazy out of their mind. But I tell you what, she came back. And today, well, her knees are not what they used to be. But she was probably one of the greatest worshipers ever in our church growing up. My mom would be out there in the front dancing. I'm telling you, you may be, someone may be a skeptic. They may not believe. And they never will until they receive the Holy Ghost. And then they understand. The Apostle Paul did not understand why the crazy Christians did what they did until he had his personal experience with God. And then he became the craziest of them all. Beat, whipped, shipwrecked. No matter what, they could not stop him because he had had an encounter with this great, mighty, and powerful and awesome God. I do have vision for the country of Greece and we're so thankful for the, the team there. And we're specifically laboring in Athens. I am crazy enough to believe for even greater things. We're thankful to God for all that we have seen. But I believe it's just a drop in the bucket for what the Lord is going to do. I know as a missionary, I have to adapt to other cultures. And that's one of the interesting things about it. Because you have people that literally see the world through a different lens than you do. And I'm not there to make them American. I never will make them American. But I'm there to make them Pentecostal apostolic. My template is not necessarily America. My template is the book of Acts. And I tell you, it works. It really works. It worked back then. And it will still work today. A church solid in doctrine. Prayer and fasting. A church where we see souls one, one, one. And we are, of course, traveling across America, uh, asking people if they would consider churches, consider partnering, partnering with our vision for the country of Greece. But here, in just these last few moments, I didn't just come to tell you about Greece. I didn't come only for Greece, but I've come to plead, to bear my soul, to declare if there's anyone willing to step out in faith. In other words, is there someone in this church tonight 
crazy enough to believe not just for Greece not just for other countries but for here in central Louisiana that God has great plans for this church that you have not seen everything that God has for you yet that the greatest days are ahead that you have yet more souls yet to win into the kingdom of God do you believe it here tonight? Do you believe it? God, I'm hungry for it. I expect it. I want to see it happen, Lord God. I believe it will happen in my church. You might be a newcomer here tonight. First time are just not really well acquainted with all of Pentecost. But I want you to know here tonight that God can change your life. And some people say, well, I need some time to just observe. Well, let me tell you, if you have a made-up mind, it can be an instantaneous change. How do you know? Look at the Apostle Paul. If you could bring up Acts chapter 9, verse 20. The change in conversion of Paul was dramatic. It was instantaneous. Acts 9, 20 says, and straightway, meaning immediately, he preached Christ in the synagogues. That he is the son of God. I'm telling you, God turned a murderer into a missionary. And he had a powerful encounter with God. All it takes is a made-up mind and one encounter with God. And saying, God, this is it. I give my life to you. I'm crazy enough to believe that if I put my life in your hands, that you could change it all around. I wonder if you could stand with me right now. In Mark chapter 9, in closing, a man brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus. Now, this man was desperate. The Bible says that when this evil spirit seized him, it threw him down. He began to foam at the mouth, and it tear him, meaning he went through convulsions. And it threw him into the water. That spirit tried to throw him into the water. And into the fire to destroy him. And in Mark chapter 9 verse 23, if you could bring it up. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Now right now. I don't know your state as far as faith. I know a lot of times we look at sins such as fornication, getting drunk, doing drugs. Well, those are the big sins. Well, yes, but I'll tell you one thing that sometimes we struggle with even in the house of God. It is unbelief. It is doubt. I wonder here today if you could have faith. I'm talking about supernatural faith. Faith that goes in the face of your circumstances. Faith that goes in the face of your sickness. Faith that goes in the face, you might have a lost loved one. You might have a, a child that's away from the house of the Lord. But can you have crazy faith here tonight that God can do a radical work in their life? I wonder right now if we could all lift up our hands across the house of the Lord. 
And if we could begin to seek after God, come on. I know there's some intercessors here. I know there's some people that know how to get a hold of God. In Jesus' name right now, Lord God, we take dominion and authority over all doubt, unbelief, fear, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Lord God, we pray right now that there would be those. We pray, we ask you to lose faith, God, that people can respond by faith and courage. Now, I wonder, I'm going to ask if we could come down to the front. We got plenty of space. Maybe some of these young people that were standing could meet some be the first ones to come out front. I wonder if there's some others that could come on down to the front, literally marching steps of faith. If you know someone that needs the Holy Ghost, don't force them, but encourage them that they could come down to the front and God will fill them with his spirit here tonight. If there's someone that needs to be healed in their body, bring them down to the front because the God that made our, that knows the hairs upon our head, he is here. And God is a healer of all sickness and disease. If you know somebody, or if it's yourself, you've been struggling with depression, and, and, or you've been struggling with something in your mind, do you believe that God cannot just heal your body, but God can heal your mind? I'm telling you here tonight, the Spirit of God is here. And God, He's not limited by your sickness. He's not limited by your circumstance. He's not limited by any of that. The only thing that will limit Him is your doubt and your unbelief. But right now, as we're gathering here in the front, all across this front, let's lift their hands to God one more time. And, and, and let's begin to pray with faith. Jesus, whatever the need is, Lord God, we pray with faith, Lord God, knowing that you are a powerful, a mighty, and an awesome God. We pray here today in this, in this altar, Lord Jesus, that you would touch the hearts, Lord God, of those that need their heart to be softened, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we pray in the hearts of these young people, Lord God, put a seed for them to understand that you have a great plan for them, God. Not years down the road, but today. Lord God, help us to have faith that we can be used of you, Lord Jesus. A powerful instrument in the hands of God. That's it. Seek after the Lord here. Much power. 